Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Thursday, November the 11th. I'm Richard Woolley, editor in Reorg's London office, and today I'm going to be speaking with reporter Thomas Baker about Spanish real estate servicing company Hire, and I'm going to check in with senior reporter Aurelia Siedelhofer for an update on Germany's Flacht group. We reported that Hire's creditors have recently appointed advisors for upcoming negotiations to address maturities in November 2022. Tom, can you tell us a bit about why these discussions are needed and why Hire became such a sought-after mandate? Hire needs to negotiate with its creditors because the company has about 12 months in which to address a 424 million maturity wall while navigating a series of structural changes in the NPL market. One thing that's changing is that banks are beginning to handle their NPL portfolios in-house instead of using fund managers such as Hayer. This is a particularly acute issue for Hayer as the company is reliant on a projected influx of NPLs in the aftermath of COVID-19, which may not materialise. This would mean the company would have to focus on real estate management, which has lower margins. Hayer's looming maturities and its need to adapt to these structural changes make the company a compelling restructuring case for advisory firms contending with an otherwise very quiet market. As a result, advisory firms quickly mobilised and made strong pitches to secure mandates. This culminated with Latham Watkins and PJT advising the company's creditors, while Linklaters was appointed by Hayer. The company's shareholders are working with Julian Loki and Milbank. Okay, and... A determining factor in how these negotiations unfold is going to be uh, the ongoing tender process with Spanish bad bank Sareb. Can you explain why this process is, is so important to Heyer? The future of Heyer's contract with Sareb is important because historically this contract accounts for 50% of Heyer's revenue and is set to expire in June next year. While the contract is significant for Heyer's top end, the most recent renegotiation of the contract resulted in thinner margins for Heyer significantly impacting the profitability of the contract. It is also a closed portfolio contract, meaning no new assets can be added to the portfolio during the contract term, resulting in a declining rate of revenue. That said, the contract is still of material importance to Hare, which is currently on a short list of prospective funds to manage the contract, but Sarab is in the process of whittling this list down. It is likely any decision on the contract will be made early next year. While Hayer is likely to have made the revised shortlist, it remains unclear whether the company will retain the contract moving forward. Okay, and how does the Sarab contract impact the kind of restructuring options that Hayer could pursue? While Hayer isn't a binary situation from a restructuring point of view, the Sarab contract will have a big impact on the options Hayer can pursue. For example, if the company wants to pursue a debt buyback, a renewal of the contract will result in a hike in the trading prices of the company's 2022 notes, making timing very important. Moreover, a refinancing or amendment of the term of the notes will be difficult without a renewal of the contract. One option could be to undertake a debt buyback before the outcome of the Sarab contract becomes clear and then review its options again. A refinancing solution becomes more likely if Hayer is awarded the Sarab contract, but there is growing scepticism among analysts that Hayer can pull off a refi, which would require new money from the company's sponsor, Cerberus. Could you maybe talk a little bit more about the role of Cerberus in this process and why it's so important to the discussions? Some analysts have argued that Cerberus may not be incentivized to remain in Hayer's business as it has made a return on its investment through dividend payments. 
However, others argue that Cerberus may want to maintain a position in here as it grants strategic exposure to a Spanish NPL market which, though undergoing structural changes, will still have a place for larger NPL services such as here. Another caveat is the sale of the group may be difficult due to all the uncertainties currently surrounding Hare. Cerberus will also be aware that, should Hare suffer a significant downturn in performance leading to defaults, the secured note holders could enforce their security, wiping out Cerberus's equity holdings. However, it is unclear how straightforward a process that would be, with some raising doubts about how actionable an enforcement process is in the bonds documentation. Another potential play by Cerberus would be to award an NPL portfolio to Hayer should the company fail to secure the Sarab contract. Though this intuitively seems like a simple solution, there would be difficulties as Cerberus would have to assure its own investors there was value in doing this. Cerberus would also have to allay any concerns that such a move meant it was not keeping an appropriate distance between itself and Hayer. Flacht Group, the Triton-owned German ventilation, heating and cooling systems company, whose debt originally included a 300 million euro term loan, as well as a 50 million euro RCF and a 35 million euro guarantee facility, has been in the news recently. I asked Aurelia Siedelhofer to give us a bit more information about what happened with the company. Hi Richard. Yes, so the company has asked its lenders for a covenant reset and a one-year extension of the RCF which was originally due in October 2022. As part of the proposal, the company would also receive a 35 million pick hold core note. Okay, so two questions. What does the uh, group's covenant uh, picture look like? Uh, and when is the rest of the debt due? The company had a net leverage covenant of 5.1 for December. And in the spring, it already looked pretty tight and some investors were unsure if they would make it. Aside from the RCF, which is due in October 2022, as mentioned, there's also a term loan, which is due in 2023, and a small amount of other loans due 2022 as well. Okay, and as I remember, uh, the company had a covenant reset a few years ago, is that right? Yes, that's right. In 2019, the company struck a deal with lenders for a covenant waiver, which included a 50 million equity injection and a margin increase for lenders. About 30 million of the new money was earmarked to repay some of the loans at the time, and a new minimum liquidity covenant was set. In case you missed it, Reorg hosted a webinar panel uh, on the new French accelerated safeguard proceedings, which had been in force since October the 1st, and uh, asked the question whether these would make France a more creditor-friendly restructuring jurisdiction. The webinar, which can be viewed again on our website, discussed the new tool and the ways that it introduced a cross-class cram-down mechanism and a new post-money privilege. The panel discussed how the tool could be used in practice and also examined how the French courts could improve disclosure and transparency. The panel was moderated by Shan Qureshi, Senior Legal Analyst for Reorg, and included contributions from leading French experts in the field. Alongside a full replay, subscribers can access an edited transcript to the webinar As always, subscribers can read more about the situations discussed in this podcast, as well as our earnings coverage for the third quarter on the Reorg website, reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.